Hi, I'm Christy. Hi, I'm Eric. We're a bit drunk right now to calm our nerves, and we like to discuss our thoughts about life as two young adults trying to figure out everything from setting goals and accountability to navigating the tech world. Welcome to Let's Get Drunk and Make a Podcast. Let's get started with today's topic, which is food. Hopefully this turns out to be a very light episode. We're just going to give our food recommendations, our philosophies on going out to eat. As a first starting question, what was the last good meal that you ate? So the last good meal I ate, which I'm very happy about, was literally lunch an hour ago. And so currently I'm in Taipei, Taiwan, and maybe three blocks away from me, there's this chain called Sukiya. It's almost like Yoshinoya in the States where it's like a beef bowl place. And I had like a beef bowl with curry and some vegetables and a miso soup for like seven US dollars. And so I go there a lot and it's been very nice. Yeah. What about you? Wait, say your other last good meal too. And so that's like my regular meals probably in Taipei. But my last good meal before was... Long story, I was on a tea plantation that was my friend's and was up in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. And there was this auntie that was cooking for everyone there, all the workers there. And she cooks just very Taiwanese homestyle food. So it would just be rice, soup, braised pork, salted shrimp. I don't know. It was really nice. Just definitely felt like it was really deep into Taiwan eating the most legit food and I mean you couldn't get there at any restaurant you could just only get it there so that was really special too that was yesterday (laughs) sounds like two very excellent meals I think food's really important (laughs) yeah what what was what would you say are your last good meals yeah so today for lunch I also went out to eat I, I went to this place on Sawtelle, which is a street near UCLA. It has a lot of good Asian food. I went to Maido, which is this katsu place. And I had some katsu sandwiches. And then across the hallway is this Korean corn dog place, which I was super excited to try. I've been wanting to try for a long time. Basically, since I started watching this K-drama that has Korean corn dogs <laughs> featured in it. So I felt like... When I went there, I realized a dream. It's so funny how you decided to eat it because of a Korean drama. It means the product placement is working. <laughs> it really like, That reminds me of something else. Yeah. In, in Crash Landing on You, they heavily feature BBQ chicken. So, <laughs> so afterwards, I had to go. I had to go to BBQ chicken, and I, I actually did. Uh, they also prominently feature Subway in Korean dramas. So, but I honestly haven't been to Subway in a while. <laughs> okay, so that, that one didn't work. But... Yeah, that one did not work. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, inevitably I'll go to Subway in my life, so. And you'll yeah. think, oh, it's like, just like Crash Landing on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm easily influenced. The other place I get my food recommendations, I guess, besides Korean dramas, is YouTubers. I watch a lot of lifestyle or food bloggers like Strictly Dumpling and Milk Tea Poppy or Newt Nguyen. He just moved to LA and he does a lot of vlogs about places in LA, so I always want to try them. 
I guess that's why they do what they do. Where do you get your food recommendations? I don't watch that many food YouTubers, although I've definitely watched Strictly Dumpling once in a while just to relieve stress and look at food. For me, looking for food is using Yelp since I work there. <laughs> and then also looking at friends' recommendations or just walking around and being like, this place looks good. I'll just try it. I think the best places that I get, like the best methodology for finding the best food is probably finding friends' recommendations and finding friends that I really trust because they've already tried around and if they recommend it, usually it's pretty good. And then the next one would be Yelp. I think the way I use Yelp, I don't really look at the star rating. I think you could have maybe a four-star place with 30 reviews and I still don't trust it. I think the place with like 2,000 to 10,000 reviews with three stars is probably pretty good because everyone goes there and maybe the service isn't that good, but the food is probably really good. So that's kind of how I look for food. Yeah, I also think friends' recommendation is really valuable, especially because on Yelp, you're not really sure what people value when they're writing ratings, but you most likely have similar things that you're looking for as your friends. So then their recommendations, I place a lot more weight on it. What type of food do you like looking for? Or what type of food do you usually eat? Hmm. I really like Asian food. I think like the area that I'm in, I try to look for what's the specialty or what can't I get in any other place. For example, in LA, you got to go to K-Town to have like this concentrated amount of really good Korean food. What about you? I th- I'm thinking about that point. Yeah. I think I've slowly realized that if I want good food of a certain culture, I should just go to the neighborhood or area where there's a lot of people within that culture because they know and are pickier about the food within their culture. And so the restaurants have to compete and be better at it. So same thing, whenever I'm in Los Angeles, I always want to go to K-Town for Korean food because it's definitely good. (laughs) I know even some friends that are Korean Americans say that the Korean barbecue in LA is better than the Korean barbecue in South Korea, which is insane to me. (laughs) And then I would say for areas to look for, San Francisco is kind of harder, but I think in South Bay, there are different areas you can look for. Cupertino is really known for Taiwanese food, Chinese food. Santa Clara has an area where there's a lot of good Korean food. San Jose is known for a lot of good Vietnamese food, Daly City for Filipino food. Sunnyville is really good for Indian food. That's what I've known so far. That's what I've tried so far. That's like my hot takes on (laughs) South Bay, where you want to go for the best food of each culture. I think, yeah, usually I skew towards finding the best Asian food, but I'm starting to explore and try different foods. I think the recent one that I've been trying a lot, especially since I was in Sunnyville for a while, was trying out Indian food and asking my Indian friends what was legit because chicken tikka masala shouldn't be, it's literally like the equivalent of chow mein for Asian culture. Butter chicken is at least closer. That's like more legit. Still kind of touristy, but it's better. Then the best stuff is the stuff you like, you can't even remember the name. Like you, like you have to remember to know how to pronounce. Like my, my eyes are being opened for Indian food slowly for my friends. I really like... 
chot, which is like just small dishes. Pav bhaji is one that comes to mind. It's like fried, almost like Hawaiian bun bread. And then there's there's some like chutney or like potato inside. And I think like the spices in Indian food. Like if I wanted to be vegetarian, I'd either want to be Asian or Indian. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't live off eating salads or like trying to make <laughs> vegetarian dishes that are not Asian or Indian. I would that'd be so sad. Mm-hmm. There's not enough variety in my opinion. On the vegetarianism topic, I have tried to cut out meat from my diet and I don't know. It's hard though because meat is very tasty. Yeah, I think in college or like when I lived in the dorms it's actually kind of easy. I initially had a resolution to eat half my meals vegetarian. The reasons are, are mostly like environmental reasons. I think it's necessary to reduce the meat in our diets in order to have a sustainable future. And half half was like pretty reasonable. And then it was like so easy that I decided to do both meals. Yeah, I just skipped breakfast. And in the dorms, it's pretty easy because the line is also shorter for the vegetarian lines. So that's what I did. And then I also did not force myself to do it if I went out to eat, which wasn't as often when I lived in the dorms. Like if I mm. go out to eat, I'd still get the meat, like ramen or something. Got it, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I lived at home for a while or like with my parents because of quarantine. And I, I don't do it when I live at home because I feel like it's too much trouble to ask my, my mom to cook vegetarian stuff. Mm. And like right now, I'm still kind of doing it, but it's more like I don't eat that much meat, but sometimes I still do. For I feel like I have a lot of cooking goals that are hard to realize without eating meat. Like I want to make this chicken dish that my mom makes or like this meat soup or like the Taiwanese minced pork. And you can't really do that without meat. But besides that, I think I've mostly not been eating too much meat. On the whole, it is not that hard to cut some meat from your diet. Yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts. I'm not vegetarian (laughs) (laughs) because it tastes too good. But if there's an artificial substitution that's as good or even better at the same price point, like, of course, it's just objectively better. I'll switch. Burgers are almost there. I think Impossible Burger Beyond Burger is almost there. Not on price point, but in taste. And then the rest, I don't know. I haven't found it. I haven't had the Impossible Burger, actually. It's strangely meaty. It's actually crazy meaty. Somewhat dry, but otherwise pretty close to the real thing. Yeah, I went to this vegetarian Vietnamese place in Garden Grove called Hoasen. That was quite good. They had this mock meat, crispy rice, mushroom dish. Very delicious. Do you have any thoughts about... Pairing alcohol with food or not sure? I don't know. I I mean, I turned 21 during quarantine. So I haven't had that many opportunities to go out to eat and drink at the same time. So I think I've basically never done it. I think I mostly drink so I can talk easier and it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Mm, Got it, got it. I don't know. Do you have opinions? Maybe I'm getting old, but... I think after I turned 21, my friend took me out to a Michelin star restaurant in Chicago and then they had wine pairings with each dish. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. I understand it. It just becomes, I don't, I don't know why it works. Like pairing wines with meats uh, and having different, different wines for different dishes, but it's definitely a one plus one equals three kind of deal where each thing is, 
good in its own right, but then combined together, it just becomes an entire new experience. What's the what's the place? In Chicago, the place is called Entente, E-N-T-E-N-T-E. And it's probably the best meal I've ever eaten in my life, I think. Like, honestly, it was so good, each dish. And my friend will agree with me. Like, it's one, one of the best ones he's eaten. And he literally just goes to a shit ton of Michelin star places because he really enjoys food as well. Otherwise, I think the other time I paired alcohol was when I went to... My friends took me out to Napa for my birthday. And there was a bunch of small dishes also with a bunch of wine glasses. And there was some, like, experimentation we did, like, for the dessert wines. that, Or, like, the, with the wines that were paired with for the dessert things. I tried to try it with the meat things. And I'm like, okay, it actually doesn't pair that well. But, like, the pairings that they gave make sense. I can't explain it because I'm a really beginner person but i think there is something to it and as i get older maybe i'll explore it more and then just makes me think about are there other ways to pair things like you don't hear people pair coffee with food that much tea either like tea maybe you can pair it like for example at dim sum you always have certain types Mm -hmm. of tea that go well with it and Uh, i feel like desserts like you can have with tea is pretty good like you have a little cake mm -hmm. and then you have like a red tea that's pretty good yeah but I don't think it's as detailed as a wine pairing. And mm. maybe that's a space that can be explored. Mm. One problem with tea is for what I heard from tea masters this last week when I was on a tea farm was that for really good tea, since it's so light and detailed and you have to have your taste buds be really cleansed when you taste it, once you eat food, that food really easily overpowers what the tea is trying to give you and i'm like ah okay (laughs) maybe for like high quality tea you shouldn't pair it with food but maybe for cheaper teas like cheap chrysanthemum tea or red tea that's why it goes so well with dim sum yeah i think so too especially because dim sum there's a lot of deep fried things or oily things that it helps to have Mm -hmm. the green tea to wash it down i think one thing i want to learn more about is how you pair different foods, different textures, different flavors together and how fancy chefs think on how do you balance these out so that it doesn't become boring or too much because fried stuff is good, but you have too much fried stuff. It's a lot to deal with. How do you cut through that or how do you pair it with other ingredients? Yeah, I don't know. It'd be really cool. I don't want to cook it, but I want to just like <laughs> just have un- have the understanding and appreciation I'll be the food critic in Ratatouille or something. Mm. Oh, that reminds me of a story. So I went to this Indian food place in a gas station. It it moved, but it used to be really close to UCLA. And when I went, they were filming a TV show there. So they asked me and my friend if we wanted to be interviewed. (laughs) So we had to taste the food and then they would ask us questions to describe it and I I really could not do it I was very awkward but we did get free Indian food the resolution of the story if you're wondering if we made it on tv three years after this happened my mom's friend sent this video over to my mom saying oh my gosh is this Christine And yeah, my mom was like because you never told me about this like what is she hiding what is this secret life and she showed it to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like three years ago. But yeah, I really was on TV. Food Paradise. Food Network. <laughs> oh, you're on Food Network? That's yeah. Legit. You've made it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll send you the clip later. It's it's quite embarrassing. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, I could not think of the words to describe the samosa I was eating. <laughs> I think I honestly was too nervous to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of pressure. <laughs> I just want to eat. <laughs> I don't want to be on TV and talk about it. Yeah, I also don't have the cooking goal to be able to make fine dining. I just want to make pretty good food. I don't even know if I'm there yet. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes I want to learn how to save my food if I put too much of one thing. Like if it's too salty, how do I fix mm. it? If it's too sour or if it's too bitter. Some things I've learned. I think one cool thing is if you have old meat or old fish, alcohol is a really good way to cover up that fishy taste. That's a very Asian way of thinking where you put a lot of rice wine or a different type of wine to cut out that flavor. It just works. I don't understand how, but it works really well. So usually it's putting that, putting ginger, putting spice, putting a lot of like sauces, and then like fish that smells kind of bad, kind of sketch, just becomes okay. <laughs> That's cool. I, I did not know that. I would just eat the fish tasting fishy. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Soylent? <laughs> It's disgusting, <laughs> both in taste and in philosophy. <laughs> okay, you feel really strongly about this, so explain. I think if you're at a point in your life where you're so busy that you can't eat real meals, you just have to drink a meal from a bottle, that means you're not doing life right. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, that's a little bit unfair. Maybe that's the way you want to live your life, but I would never consider myself doing life right if I was eating meals from a bottle. I feel strongly in the same way, but I really care about food. I'm willing to spend more time to even at least get takeout or make some instant ramen rather than drinking Soylent. I think Soylent for sure, it's efficient. You never really have to stop working. You can just drink your Soylent while you work, but damn, like shit just take a break why do you consider food to be meaningful it's very personal to me in different ways i think it's a very fun medium to explore in and experience new things it's always just really surprising how combining different foods can make different tastes things can just be really enjoyable and good and things can have way more of the flavor i like than I thought was possible. I think that's the enjoyment I get from food itself. There's also just an experience that comes along with it where food is a really good way to spend time with friends and enjoy things. I think a lot of the time when I spend time with people, it's lunch or dinner or getting snacks and getting food. And it's a really big way of how I socialize because I enjoy both hanging out with my friends but also the food. I think food is also really meaningful because for me, it's a way of preserving and connecting to my culture, both looking for and cooking the food that my parents probably ate. It just seems really meaningful to me personally because it's something I care about that they care about as well. And trying to continue that, I don't know, makes me feel good. What about you? Yeah, I think I feel the same way on all those points, especially the sharing experiences. I think going out to eat with your friends, it's always easier to have good conversation over a meal. It, it is a different experience when you go out to eat by yourself. So the last good meal I had, I went to a restaurant by myself, which doesn't happen too often. And I think it's still nice. 
it feels a little strange, but then you really get to enjoy the food for exactly the food and mm. just think think your own thoughts by yourself. Yeah, I think there's a stigma against going out and eating by yourself, especially on site at a restaurant. But my philosophy is that as long as you're not going there for like the environment and the experience, and you're mostly going for the food, it's probably fine if you eat there yourself. It's slower. You can focus on the food and the environment solely rather than friends. So I think time and place for both. I've definitely no shame. Just eat a lot at places by myself because my housemates are busy working or something, and it's been enjoyable. I've definitely tried a lot more places in San Francisco because I'm willing to do that. What are your San Francisco food recommendations? I think San Francisco for food isn't actually that good than compared to similarly populated cities, but I think they're pretty good in terms of desserts. There's a lot of places that have definitely honed their craft. I'd recommend、uh, Schubert's Bakery and Tartine for different cakes and pastries. For ice cream, there are a lot of places in Mission that are competing against each other for the best ice cream. So the famous ones would be Byright Creamery and Mitchell's Ice Cream. But my favorite would be Garden Creamery because they make really good tea flavored ice cream. It's so good, and it was to the point where during quarantine they would have limited pints that you would have to pre-order in the middle of the week, and within ten minutes they would be completely sold out. But I would just be refreshing the page during work to make sure I got a few pints for the week to eat because I just love that ice cream. Milk tea, unfortunately, isn't that good in San Francisco compared to places like Cupertino or San Jose, but not bad. And then in terms of food in Mission District, I think the two most popular places to go would be El Farolito and La Taqueria. Both are really famous for just their Mexican food. Both really solid places to go. Otherwise, some more niche places I like are Rintaro, which I believe is a Michelin star Japanese place. More on the pricey side, but really good food. Kinkau, a Thai place that's pretty famous, also Michelin star. But for cheaper stuff, I would recommend Nojo Ramen Tavern, which makes chicken soup ramen, and it comes with this really big chicken leg that's so so soft and tender. It's so so good. I miss it. And during quarantine, they didn't have the chicken legs, so I haven't eaten at that place for such a long time. So I'm looking forward to it when I go back to the states. Another place that's just nice to go is Stone Mill Matcha, also in Mission District. It just has a lot of cute Japanese pastries and snacks and good matcha drinks. It's just a really nice place to chill and spend time with friends. Really kind of hipster but posh environment. Yeah, that's what I got so far. How about you for food recommendations anywhere? For me, I guess I'll start in LA, which is where I am right now. I'll do all the UCLA nearby ones. For ice cream, Saffron and Rose is really good. Or just anywhere, any Persian food in Little Persia. Like on the topic of like, in the ethnic enclave, get the food from there. It it will be good. So Saffron and Rose is Persian ice cream. And my favorite flavors are are saffron and rose. I usually get the one that's in the name. And then there's a street near UCLA called Sotel, which has mainly Japanese food, but it's also Asian food in general. So my favorite places are Chinchikuren, which is for okonomiyaki, 
And then for ramen, there's a bunch of places in Satel. There's three Sujita restaurants, Sujita Killer Noodles, Sujita Annex, and Original Sujita. And they're all very excellent. My personal favorite is Killer Noodle. I don't even eat spicy food, but it's so good. And like very unique ramen, I think. It's not your typical ramen. It's this like Tantan ramen. Uh, and then, yeah, Marugame. There's also a Marugame in San Francisco. It's a chain, but Marugame Udon, very delicious. Very fast too. It's like a food court style. And then other LA places, Sugarfish for sushi. Porta's, very famous, which is this bakery. I think it's a Cuban bakery and they have really good cheese rolls and potato balls. K-Town recommendations for Shulong Tong. Honestly, anywhere is good, but these are places that I heard of, mostly from YouTube videos, honestly. So Hanbat Shulong Tong. It wasn't worth it. Actually, the, the soup episode, Spoon by H and Hanbat Shulong Tong, I think are, are pretty good. And then there's so many KBBQ places. They're, they're all basically good, though. I think a lot of people say Quarters is good. The, the time that I went, it was all right. I don't think it's any better than any other KBBQ place in K-Town. For dessert, I really like Ogobing for Bingsu. And then another Bingsu place is Soul and Beans. What's a favorite memory you have going out to eat? I think my favorite memories are that when friends and I are looking for food, we know of a place that looks like it's promising. We go there and get the food. And once we get it, everyone's in silence because the food is that good. One time I was with my Berkeley apartment mates and some other friends. And a lot of them don't really care about food. Like they aren't at the Soylent level, but they just get whatever's the most convenient. And so usually when we go out to eat food, even if it's like nice food, they'll just be like, yeah, it was good. And I'll be like, no, it was really good. Like, you don't even, are you serious? You're not even processing how good this food is. But we went down to Los Angeles together as a group for fun one time. And there's this one place in LA called, I believe, Matcha Tea Master in Japantown in Los Angeles. And they have some of the best matcha sauce I've ever had in my life. It's crazy. It's so creamy. The matcha isn't that strong, but it's just strong enough. And all of us got just one scoop of matcha in a cup, and we're just sitting in there in silence. We're all like, this is so, so good. And none of us will ever forget that place. I think that was really special. And I mean, moments like that just make me want to keep looking for good food with friends. How about you? On the matcha soft serve topic, though, as a flex for UCLA is that we have matcha soft serve in our dining halls. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've had that experience in a UCLA dining hall of you don't talk because you're just eating the food. I hate you so much. Berkeley dining halls are trash. I think I, I went once to a Berkeley dining hall and I think they had broccoli and the brownies or something. On the best food memory, it was going to Sautel. I went with a couple of friends. One of my friends came down to LA for her birthday and we decided to go to like five different places and only get one thing from each place. So we'd go to Killer Noodle and order one bowl and then we'd share the bowl. And then we'd go to Marugame and get one bowl, share the bowl. And like we did that for five different places and I think that was very fun. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Get Drunk and Make a Podcast. We really want to hear from you what topics we should cover in our future episodes, so please reach out to us and support us through our Anchor page. Thank you so much.